I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Knockoffs, copycats. Imitators. They all share one thing in common. They always pale in comparison next to the true original. Just like the stylish and versatile Lexus RX. The crossover that paved the way for others. And it's still the best for one simple reason. Nothing else is as good as the original. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. There's a lot of confusion and rumors out there about marijuana. Let's clear that up with some science. Fact, our brains are still developing until age 25. And using marijuana before then can actually cause changes in our memory. That's because THC, the active chemical in weed, attaches to receptors in the hippocampus, the part of your brain that creates memories. And memory problems can affect every part of your life. So whether you vape, smoke, or use edibles, it can affect your brain all the same. Learn more marijuana science at unfazedva.com. The Fearless Curious Soul, Goldilocks Productions presents The Deep Reading, <laughs> connecting you to your soul show. This is Suzanne Wyman, The Deep Psychic. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Please think about the commentary that you relate to today. I want you to feel included and know that if this conversation resonates to who and what you are, then you're part of something greater than yourself. The universe is connecting to you, answering your questions. <clears throat> so today's show is just a little bit different in that um, I, <clears throat> I'm going to do a type of reading today um, for one of my callers that I haven't ever done on the air, and um, we'll see how that works out because... It's kind of personal. It's really deep. Uh, it's talking to um, a, a child who's ready to be born. Um, but anyway, that's a reading for later on in the show. <clears throat> My first caller is a wonderful woman by the name of Peggy. And I'm going to ask that she be dropped in with me and that we begin her reading. Uh, let's, let's put her live. And hi, Peggy. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? Good, good. Introduce yourself, please. 
my name is Peggy Kelly, and Hi. I am uh, an event and wedding designer, producer, coach, and speaker. Um, needless to say, um, this time is a very interesting time in uh, in our lives, and um, and our whole industry has come to um, a time of pivot and purpose, and okay. um, and so we're all trying to find our feet, and uh, with all of the events and weddings and celebrations that have uh, are no longer able to be happening at this moment. And um, it's just a real interesting time. But at the end of the day, um, we're coming together as an industry and as a community to help each other, to be of service, to see how our, our skills and our talents can, can help each other and, uh, and everybody else too. So uh, at the other end of this, there will be uh, much deeper, richer relationships, I know, and um, within ourselves as well as within our community. So today, Peggy, we're going to be talking about just you and just your relationships. So that's, that's what we're going to talk about. So this period of time is something that we're totally and completely, um, we do our best to keep our thinking, you know, positive. But there's a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So... And I, I really think that this is an extremely short cycle. And as far as I'm concerned, it's just about over. Right. <clears throat> so, but you, you and I, um, I want to talk about you because this is the perfect time for people to pay attention to their relationship with themselves and go to work on the problems, the issues, the unresolved um, opportunities that we have within ourselves in order to create a clean slate to go forward into the future and to work harder on achieving our dreams. So so you and I um, had a little brief conversation yesterday. Right. And, right. So... Um, and you and you asked me something that was really important, and, and I, okay. I really took it to heart about you know relationships and um i am a more mature woman i will say that about me um and you had asked me if i'd ever had a long-term relationship something over five years and the answer was no um <laughs> i love it i love it i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing because wow what an idea huh uh, you know, I had never thought about that. I've been married twice. Um, okay. Both of them were for under two years. Um, okay. and, um, and yet the one thing I've always and only wanted in my life is, is a partner and, and, um, and to share myself uh, with another person. And yet, you know, it has been the, quote, unquote, the elusive butterfly, so to speak. Okay. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm I'm the common denominator on it. Right. So that that is always kind of an interesting conversation because I think the the foundation of my work is is understanding how to do dream interpretation at many many levels. And in order to do that, you have to really understand your archetypal work. In order to understand your archetypal work, you have to understand your chakras and what archetypes right. you do hold on to your chakras. 
And you and you had said something. Uh, uh, we talked about the chakras yesterday, and and about chakra number two. Yes. Um, oh, great. perfect. Hold on. The great. Yeah. The great relationship <laughs> chakra. Deadly no. Sorry, the the next door neighbor's gardener decided to arrive. <laughs> okay. Which is you know which is right on cue. So I just shut the door. So I'm back. Um, and you okay, know chakra so number two. Go ahead. Chakra number two is relationships. We enter into that chakra somewhere in our seventh year, right? Right. It could be. It it could be it could be right at our at the beginning of our seventh year, but it could also be later in the seventh year. I think that's kind of an interesting um, piece of awareness for people to work with because people think that there's like a very logical, analytical, rigid schedule at work in the universe, and in the universe things run a little differently. You know, it's like you know somewhere in that seventh year. You um, you can take and emerge into that second chakra, and the second chakra is probably the most rugged of all the chakras. But it is our relationships, it is our uh, our connection and our trust. So, in psychological terms, it's also the first time that we come into the that the the human spirit develops a subconscious state and a conscious state. It's actually illegal to hypnotize a child under the age of nine because they haven't developed their subconscious state and they believe um, that all of the information that they're experiencing is part of the conscious mind. So that's the magic of the child, of believing the story and um, being able to understand fairy tales and to, you know, really understand that whole process. But there's no separation between the conscious state and the subconscious state. And a child who experiences the death of a parent or somebody very close to them does not experience it as a death prior to the age of, ne- of nine, but experiences it as abandonment. And so it's an incredibly important piece of information about an individual to find out that um, somebody important in their life has died before the age of nine. A lot of times people, unconsciously of course, there's certain, there's certain things that simply stop developing or their ability to trust or connect with other people or their ability to be authentic in a relationship is completely... Um, is completely put on hold, and it takes some serious work in order to get those things back, um, back working again. It's doable, but it's only if the person is willing to get honest about that information. So you and I had a conversation yesterday, and I said to you, um, I, you know, I know something happened in this chakra, the second chakra. Yes. I can see the pink yes. light floating around it, and I can see a number of archetypal pieces in there. But I also, you said, oh, I know exactly what happened. I know exactly what happened. And so, you know, you, you really are. Okay, so briefly, if you could just tell us. So what, what happened. happened was my brother died. Oh, okay. And my brother, di- my brother was 10 years older than myself. He was 19. I was 8. Um, okay. He's he, oldest son. Um, he died and my family blew apart completely. Okay. Okay. And um, and I was the one left standing there to take care of everybody because my mom was uh, she went to the couch and my dad went behind 
the, the newspaper with a cocktail, and my sister kind of went to fantasy land, and she's still kind of there. Um, and I became the parent and the caretaker and everything, and, and he was the love of my life. Okay. So, <clears throat> so, so now, that we've, now that we've talked about that, you know, now that we've, you know, established uh, what happened within that family dynamic. So, um, and I assure you that these people in your family, they, they did the very best that they knew how to do at the time that they did Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And they didn't do this to harm you, but at the same time, it is, it is an interesting story because <clears throat> you don't tell me he was a great big brother or he was, the, um, he was supposed to be the hero and the savior in the family. You tell me he was the love of your life, and that tells us your entire story as to why you've never been able to you know, form that mated monogamous long-term relationship where you're able to trust another human being because the love of your life in your mind, is still, is still with you. He's not here in the physical form, but you're still living with him as if he, he died yesterday. Mm. So it's interesting. Whenever... You know, I, never really thought of, I never really thought about it that way. Um, <clears throat> okay. And yet, and yet, you know, he's the one who tucked me in at night, told me stories, taught me things, you know, walked hand in hand with me, you know, all all of that. And um and I look a lot like him. Uh so that has a piece of it. Um but I never really thought about it from the that that higher perspective, I guess I would say. So let's go to let's go through the material. Okay. So the first I'm sorry? let's go through the material of okay. why why you can't bring in somebody with this with this relationship. So first of all, I'm really happy that you had that experience of having somebody love you unconditionally, care for you, and nurture you up until the point that he died. Now, here's the problem. Here is the problem. Here's the crux of the whole matter. You get into a friendship relationship conversation with somebody and you immediately compare that person to your brother. And if the comparison is too great where you can see the similarities between this person and your brother, you probably walk away real quickly because it's just painful in some way. Your subconscious state will tell you a different story. It'll say, oh, this person wasn't right for you. This person was confrontational. This person you know, didn't share your values. But you'll generate some sort of a remark in order to reject the person. But the person who you will allow in is somebody who you don't deeply care about, somebody who you could walk away from, and somebody who is either like your mother or like your father, and then at the same time, you're holding space for that relationship with your brother because the relationship with your brother was perfect. Now, I know and you know that human beings are deeply imperfect beings in their expression, and that isn't true. But if you idolize your brother in that position, 
he continues to be the hero in the family who dies in the middle of his greatness. If you hold him in that position, then you get to be the little sister who was cared for perfectly until the time he died, and then of your own, not not of your own um, volition, the um, death took away the person who is absolutely perfect for you, and there really is no correction for it because you're holding the space for a person who is not on the planet living a life. So it is an interesting sort of conversation because... Um, and, and and if you're a person who's a medium or you're a person who talks to souls on the other side, I really bless your work. It's something I don't have a lot of patience for. I'm not saying I haven't had my own experiences, but I'm simply saying that that's not the nature of my work. The nature of my work is with the living. Um, right. So it's just, it's just, just um, a lot of people are fascinated by that work, and to me um, it's, it's gone. You know, there's no changing that experience of what happened on the right. earthly plane. Okay? So I really encourage people to take and focus on where their life is today. And so you're, you're at a different point in time in your life where you're able to be emotionally stable, secure, and aware, and you're able to take this information and have this conversation with me. So in your first relationship, your first relationship, and we'll kind of not go through some of the details, but in your first relationship that you, the first person you married, was that person more like your father or was the person more like your mother? Surprisingly, excuse me, uh, surprisingly enough, he was pretty much the same as my brother. Okay. Okay. And, the, the, um, it, it was it was my second marriage that was absolutely my dad. Okay, great. Okay, there we go. Okay, so how old were you when you married for the first time? Uh, excuse me. Got married at twenty and got divorced before I hit twenty-two. Okay. So, so I got a question. And the best is, we're still friends to this day. We are still friends to this day. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's really, that's really, um, you know, that talks about your ability to be open and to resolve something even if you couldn't resolve it romantically. Really a relatively, um, I mean, in retrospect, it's kind of a, a short-term relationship, right? Right. Okay. So, and, you know, that was a long time ago. So mm-hmm. I'm not opening up any old wounds. But in looking at that person and you're saying he's exactly like your brother, um, if he was exactly like your brother, I don't think he would have left. And there must have been something that happened in that relationship where you realized, you know, that he was not going to fulfill the same things that your brother had fulfilled within you. We, we um, The reason that, that I left and I left was... We didn't, we didn't want the same things, and we forgot to have that conversation before we got married. He wanted, to have, he wanted to have a family, live down the street from his mother, and, you know, in, in, in Ohio. I am, was a free spirit. I wanted to have an education, a career, and go out in the world. And, okay. you know, I said, you know, I love you, but I love you enough to let you go. 
and so that you can have what is your heart's desire and I can have what's mine. And I think that, uh, and, and he did. He married a wonderful woman and lived down the street from his mom and has great kids and grandkids, and they're still in Ohio. Um, and yeah. I took my, my wings and soared. Okay. So not here to correct you. So if we go from birth to age seven, chakra number one, and seven to 14 in chakra number two, chakra number three is 14 to 21. So you had not, you had not come out of your, the side of your animal nature. You were still in the chakra that is the last piece of animal nature um, learning and understanding about the human experience. You hadn't crossed into your heart chakra. And many times relationships that begin in this stage don't have the development in order to sustain them. And so, um, and I'm not, I'm not challenging you here or anything like that. It's kind of a tidy story. There's nothing messy about it. There's nothing um, difficult about it. And, um, you know, the way that you describe it, it doesn't sound um, complicated. It just sounds rather tidy. So, what part of him was not like your brother? Mm. He liked cars. My brother, my brother was very um, was very mathematical, and that um, Patrick is more down to earth and you know uh, simple. Okay. So he wasn't as smart as your brother. No, no, but he had a kind they both had a very kind gentle heart. Okay. So I'm just um do I have permission to delve into some untidy aspects of your story? Sure, absolutely. Okay. So What's another way that, you know, Patrick was not like your brother? Say that again. What's another way that Patrick was not like your brother? Uh, physically, they were very different. Well, kind of. Okay. Patrick was... was um, uh, okay, that's, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Let's just leave it right there. I've got, I've got to move through these different pieces, so we kind of, we got to kind of do it in a shorthand form. So he didn't look like your brother. He didn't physically look like your brother. He wasn't as smart as your brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Different type of thinking, right? Okay. So now, looking back on that, that was a long time ago. You say that you <clears throat> you fell in love with him and married him because he was like your brother, <clears throat> but now in 2020 hindsight, he really wasn't like your brother. He was what you thought was going to be like your brother or you hoped would be like your brother, but he wasn't. Okay. This is your time to elaborate. That part you can elaborate on just a little bit. I mean, that's kind of a shift in awareness, and that's what we're doing. We're trying to take this shift of why you haven't formed a permanent relationship, and so 
just being honest about it, can you see that maybe you, maybe, just maybe, and this is a guess more than anything on my side, that you idealized him in hoping that he would be like your brother? I think that the, that there was enough similarity um, that I thought it would work and and then realized that there wasn't. Okay. So now, just, just thinking about how you feel about that, because this is a brand new feeling for you, without, you know, this isn't going to be clean. This isn't going to be, that's one of the things when you delve into this piece of material, there's not, there's not exact answers, there's not good answers, there's not answers that are altogether logical and make sense right away. So just right. looking at that, what do you, I mean, it, it's kind of like, is there any part of you that goes, huh, I never really kind of thought about it like that. I mean, I know you want to be, I know you want to be in control of this experience, but at the same time, I'm kind of asking you to allow some new material mm-hmm. in. No, I, you know, I, ha- I had never really thought about it. I mean, I think when I met, I met him on a blind date and... um the first thing he said was, you were never loved right. And and he was kind of like, you know, the, the hero that shows up to take care of, you know, this broken little girl. And, and, and I felt that way. I felt like that at that time. Okay. And now looking back at it, what do you think? Uh, what I think is... is like I say, I think I see the similarities, um, and I'm incredibly grateful for him because he's the one who dusted me off and patted me on my butt and said, go out in the world and do what you're here to do. Um, and so I think that there is a lot of similarities between the two of them, but enough differences that I didn't stay with them. Okay. So there's no judgment here, right? Because there's a lot of people named Patrick. We don't know who it is. Hopefully there's a lot of people named Patrick in Ohio. So um, so do you, do you get, you didn't really, you chose this person because there were certain things that you needed to finish with your brother and you thought he could do them. And once he, he finished the things for you that your brother had died before he finished with you, Patrick finished for you. So you chose somebody who would finish the unfinished pieces of your relationship with your brother. Okay, I get that. Okay. Okay, so good. Good job. Good job. Interesting, though, isn't it? As soon as he gave you those last pieces, you're out of there. You're like, okay, great. Thank you very much. I'm out of here. Okay. Right, absolutely. Okay. But here's the problem. The problem is is that it also created a situation of where in your relationships you would look for somebody that would do the same role as your brother, that would be the hero, that would make you special, um, that would take care of you, um, would meet your needs, and would nurture you. Now, how, I mean, just, you know, not in, not bringing in any other relationships here in this situation. How how likely is a relationship to succeed based on the perceptions of an eight year old child? Probably not the healthiest one on the block. 
No, no, no. We're not going to talk or, about or the most realistic. Or the most realistic. Okay. So now I'm going to take and I'm going to ask you to do something because we're going to. I got like I got to wrap this up with you. Now, let's say that you are still you're the age you are today, and you're looking out at the world with the eyes of an eight-year-old to find the right person for you to form a perfect relationship with. You're not doing this intentionally. You're just doing this because that's what you need. You need to finish the fulfillment of your relationship with your brother because he's still very much alive. So are you going to bring in somebody who, I mean, your understanding only goes to the age of eight. How likely are you to bring in a fulfilling person? Right. No, absolutely. That's the ball. Chances chances on that one are are not very good. Okay. So that's the issue. That's the whole issue, is that you are still looking out into the world for a relationship that will be fulfilling, like your relationship was with your brother. And I've got to tell you, what an incredibly rare experience you've had to have a nurturing, caring sibling who really placed you first. I don't think that you would be as functional in this world if you had not had that chapter of that experience with him. And it was probably the very happiest time in your family's life. In your family life, in your childhood life, um, there wasn't responsibility. Um, You were allowed to be a child. Um, There's many things attached to it, but... Looking out at the world through those eyes has prevented you from um, being realistic in what you really want to attract in a relationship because you're still trying to attract that relationship that you had with your brother um, and you're trying to find somebody who will continue on with his role. But it's very unrealistic because your brother is no longer here on the planet living a life. And so it has become an exercise in imagination, and it is not based in reality. Mm-hmm. You got so it. So how so how do how do we either heal that piece in order to get out of that, um, to move forward yeah. from that time? Yeah. Well, it has several pieces to it, but the first one. Is, is to take and sit down and write a very nice letter to your brother um, and then put it away and tell him all the good things that he did and tell him that he is, you know, from the other side, he's nurtured you, cared for you, supported you, and assisted you through many chapters of your life. But now you need to take and set him aside and you need to embrace life for the living because life is for the living and go forward from that point because continuing this relationship is preventing you from having the relationship companion and the connection that you want. So the first step is to write him a love letter, the letter of love, not love as in lovers, but the letter of love, and wish him well. And um, you remember, the longer you hold him here, He's not free to ascend in his spiritual work as you keep him attached here to these earthly matters. So this is time for you to to 
that's it. I'll meet you in the next lifetime. The next lifetime we're going to do it right. The next time we'll, we'll take these responsibilities more seriously and let him go. And once you're actually able to actually let him go, then the amount of energy you have for yourself for a mated, monogamous, long-term relationship will be enormous. Mm. Okay. And it's something that I, I think it, it, what's interesting is, is you don't even realize that you're doing it. That's the biggest key in the whole process. You know, you know, Peggy, that you're welcome to call me anytime, and I'm going to stick to my little schedule. It's 12:30. I'm going to move. I'm going to move on to my next caller. Did I lose you? I'm going to move on to my next caller here. Um, it's 12:30. I got to go to my next caller. Okay, got it. Got it. All right, and, and I, you're welcome to call me anytime. Okay, perfect. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and your insight. And right. I guess I have some writing to do. You <laughs> do. All right, call me. All right, I will. All right, much All right, love. Thank you. Much love. So you're speaking with the um, you're speaking with Suzanne Wyman, the deep psychic, giving you a deep reading. You can call me at seven one four four hundred seventy three eighty four. You can look at my previous accomplishments on the bestpartypsychicever.com. So um, great conversation. I want to thank Peggy for being so honest and authentic, and so um, willing to go through that material in a public format. It was fabulous. What a great, brave heart she had. also shows her desire to create resolution. I've got another person who's going to be joining um, me today. Hello, Kelly. Is that you? Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Thank you so much. I've known you for a really long time. Yeah. And... uh, you very rarely have this conversation with me, so thank you for doing this conversation with me um, in a in a live format. So yeah, of let's course. go. Oh, thank you. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin, and save up to five hundred dollars on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a mattress firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Let's go. Um, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I try so hard to forget my readings. Is there anything that I ever told you that kind of stuck? I honest, I feel like there is, but I can't remember right now more. Like, I just remember you told me things about myself that I haven't told other people before. <laughs> and I don't remember what they were, but they were just things that I knew. Okay, good. So the most perfect psychic reading you never remember, you simply changes your life. So, oh, cool. Um, that's kind of interesting. So I always think it's whenever I talk to somebody and they, you know, they'll tell me at some point, they go, you know, you said that and it really made sense to me and... I'm like, oh, okay, great. I really try hard not to remember it. I try so hard. Tell, tell me the day you got married. Tell me your wedding date. Um, so technically I got married um, January 19th, 2018, like um, legally, but my like civil ceremony was, or not civil ceremony, my 
like wedding wedding was October 12, 2018. Okay. So the date that you got married, you actually got married at the courthouse and the legal union, that is the date. So say the date again for me. Let me just make sure I have it because I don't really <laughs> think it's January because <laughs> I don't count it, but you're right. Um, uh-huh. It's Sorry, one second. It's That's January um, 19th. Okay, 2018. so January 2018. It's funny because January 19, um, 2018 is like, um, is, is like has a lot more Capricorn influence. I'm not really in front of my computer. I can't type it in, but I will check that later. Uh-huh. Um, so Capricorn is like... Um, the person who understands the importance of success, climbing ahead, succeeding, and creating achievement, but in the spiritual sense, in the highest evolutionary cycle of the zodiac. So uh-huh. um, it's an earthly sign. Uh, it's also it's it's very it's very very practical. So it's a great place for you two to put your marriage in. It's a great house to put it in because it's in the 10th house, and so, um, which is, you know, career, business, and all those things. But it is kind of interesting, I think, that you are ready to begin your journey to start a family, right? Uh-huh. So usually people are married for two years before they have that conversation. So did you and your husband have that conversation right at about two years? I say at about two years is when we seriously started talking about, like, seriously doing it. Okay, good. And so um, you've gone to your doctors and you've gotten the all clear. So far, yeah. So far? What what does that mean? Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I've been to yes. the doctor and said, you know, now's a good time to start trying. That's basically it. Good, good, I'm good. healthy no, as that's... well. <laughs> okay, good. That's good. That's that's where we start, right? So, um, so first of all, I wanted to tell you that I don't think that there's um, a journey to, you know, becoming pregnant. I think it is really very easy to get pregnant. I don't think that it's okay. really a big deal. I think you're going to be kind of surprised. <laughs> so I think you're going to be kind of surprised that it won't be as, um, you know, first of all, doctors keep themselves um, they don't mean to. I don't think they really mean to, but they kind of keep themselves, you know, in a in a, a dominant place in your life by telling you, oh, you know, this could take some time or this could be a little bit more difficult. Um, but generally speaking, they say it takes a couple, a year from the time they start to try until they actually do get, you know, they actually do get there. But in your situation, I would like to see you get pregnant um, either at the end of August or in the first few weeks of September. Okay. Okay. And you and I, is that, are you okay? I mean, nobody, I mean, there's plenty of other people named Kelly. Are you okay with telling my audience why we're looking for that schedule? Yeah, because I'm a teacher and having a baby in May or June would be nice because then I don't have to really worry about maternity leave as much. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Right. So let's talk about the child that is coming in, Okay. Okay. So first of all, I, I think the first thing that I want to talk to you about is um, <clears throat> I want you to set aside all doubt, all worry, all concern, and all um, 
neurotic ideas about, you know, becoming pregnant and having a healthy pregnancy. There's no complications in this pregnancy. Simply do what you're supposed to do, take your vitamins, and continue on with your schedule, and be sure to tell this unborn child that you love it every single day of your life. And then everything will work itself out. So I see this child as coming into the world in order to impart fulfill a contract to the grandmothers. That's the first step for this child. Now, the child comes uh-huh. across as a male, but sometimes we see male energy in a very strong female, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes you see a very aggressive, assertive, um, domineering, bossy female. She's just got a ton of male energy inside of her. There's just no two ways about it. But uh-huh. In in this situation, I actually really do think that it is um, a boy. Your first your first child is a boy. Comes in to fulfill the contract. Yeah, comes in to fulfill the contract for the two grandmothers. You have um, your husband's mother and your mother, who have a really really deep desire to have a grandchild. And so your journey in this situation is not to be too concerned about. Um, you know, being fair or how's this going to work out? Trust me, it will work out. These um, these grandmothers will find their place with this child. The next step is is that you're concerned that maybe your husband isn't quite as mature as he needs to be, and I will let you in on a little secret, and that is is that most men really aren't really quite as mature <laughs> as the woman is, um, for the real simple reason. <laughs> that they don't go through the struggle and the stress of having this being inside of their body. And so um, they just they, it takes them a little longer to form that attachment. I'm not saying there aren't some really dedicated, hardworking, connected fathers, because there are, but the majority of the responsibility um, for the first few years really does fall to the mother. I mean, that's just life. Uh-huh. So, but I have never seen a person who's going to be so excited about having a child. And that's the next step in the story. So this child is being born to fulfill his contract to his father's side of the family. doesn't mean he's not going to be bonded to you, he's not going to be bonded to your mother, but there's a contract with his father's side of the family that this child has made this agreement to be born. And this child is all set to take and join the family. So they appear somewhere between 16 to 18 months before the actual pregnancy, and um, they know. They're like, I'm going to be born in that family. I'm just, I'm just hanging out here waiting. So now what you do is you keep a little um, tablet beside your bed and you write down the impressions of your dreams as you're waiting to become pregnant, doing all the preparation of taking the vitamins and making sure that you know, all all of the things coincide for that moment. Okay. This is, this is what you do. You document the dream state of what's going on within you for the child to be welcomed into this group. I can't tell you how happy this child is to be allowed to be part of this family. It means <laughs> everything. It is, it is a fulfillment of desires. First of all... Um, <clears throat> the first thing is is that um, the child inspires you to give him a French name, 
And so this is going to be kind of a, you, you and your husband are going to go back and forth and back and forth. But uh, in the Jewish tradition, they believe that the mother is inspired by the spirit of the child to name it. And only the mother should really be trusted. Oh. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's the first that's the first piece of business. And then the next thing is is that I think you have kind of a sense of anxiety of like what's it going to be like to be pregnant. And I'm going to a little you, bit. You're going to, more, you're going to be more beautiful. You're going to have um a a beautiful shape. Um this pregnancy is not going to damage your gorgeous figure. Um you'll be able to restore <laughs> your figure, you know, very easily. Just remember that, you know, you don't gain you know, you work really hard and you take really good care of yourself, but don't gain more than 25 pounds. You won't have one stretch mark and your shape will be lovelier than it was before afterwards, okay? Okay. All right. So, and then the other thing is, is of course, is that um, this makes you incredibly happy. You are somebody who is thinking, well, I don't know if motherhood is really going to be fulfilling but I know that you and your mom have an excellent relationship and that um, you're going to be really surprised at what a good mother you are, how natural it is to you, and how very sensitive you are, and how it deepens the connection between you and your mother in a very unexpected way. So this child is choosing to be born into your family because it needs to honor a contract with his father's side of the family, is deeply bonded to you and your mother, and you will recognize this child when you meet him as a part of yourself that you knew was there that you had never met before. So I am excited for you. I can hardly wait for you to fall in love with this new baby. And uh, no problems whatsoever. Perfectly wonderful, healthy pregnancy. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, so the only thing you have to do is you just have to get busy with um, taking your vitamins and um, Uh taking really good care of yourself. That's the only thing that you have to do. Okay. That's what i got to work on then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I still eat like I'm in high school. (laughs) What? What? Yeah, I I need to calm down. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay, so let's make it really simple. Take your take your prenatal vitamins, which are really uh-huh. kind of like a, a really great. But then all you have to do is once a day you have to have a shake, and in that shake you just put all of your nutrition into that shake. Okay, that's easy. Okay, isn't it? Sounds good. So, but don't ever miss that shake. And um, I explained to you the whole cycle of the pregnancy, how you eat for three months before you get pregnant. It really determines your child's health for the rest of its life. So eat good, eat good, eat good. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. There's a great blessing that comes to a psychic that gets to share um, a blessing for another person. So um, Thank you. You don't have any other questions? None that I can really think of. Okay. I mean, you said the the baby has, like, some connection to my husband's father's side. Your husband's side of the family. The child is coming okay. into this. Is coming into this. Uh, uh, your your um, your son has come in to fulfill a contract with his family. 
doesn't okay. mean that you don't get all the wonderful stuff, but the contract, the agreement. So children have a contract. So James Redfield what does that mean? A contract. Well, I was going to explain that part. James Redfield um, is a great author. He wrote the um, Celestine Prophecy. Um, he wrote a number of books, and he goes, yeah, the Celestine Prophecy, I'm sitting here looking at it, um, James Redfield, and um, happy to loan you my copy. But basically, a child comes into this world with um, talents, spiritual understanding, a sense of what they can accomplish within this family group, and they come in for a particular reason. They, they, it isn't a random process. They come in because they want to be born and be part of this family because they believe that this family will give them the greatest opportunity to experience their gifts. And so the parents have this job, this obligation, to take and nurture the talent of this child so it reaches its highest potential. And that is gotcha. the... Um, okay? Yeah. So read James Redfield, um, The Celestine Prophecy, but we'll, you and I can talk about that offline, and we will... Okay. Um, okay? And I All will right. go into the details of that. But congratulations. Let me be the first one to tell you, congratulations on a healthy baby boy being born. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. What a lovely, lovely story. Um, what a lovely thing to be able to have somebody call and share their story with me. Um, gosh, I love, I, I love speaking to the children before they are actually born. I can see them uh, hanging about and just waiting for the right moment so that they can express their full potential. Um, and it is really nice news to be able to be part of that. So I've got one more caller on today. You're speaking with Suzanne Wyman, the deep psychic, giving you the deep reading, reconnecting you to your soul. You can call me at 714-400-7384. And you are welcome to... Um, call me and ask how you can be a guest on the show because I, um, yeah, I just love it. So I am ready for my next guest, and let's see if if my next guest is here. Hi, Suzanne. Thomas. Hello. How how are you, Thomas? Can you hear me? Yes, I can Thomas? hear you. How are you? Oh gosh, you are the most fun person to talk to. Um, you just, oh I feel like God. we are all living in Groundhog Day. Do you? <laughs> I know, I know. Introduce yourself. Please, please introduce yourself. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for inviting me. My name is Thomas uh -huh. Bowie. I am the president and creative uh, director of my own company called Thomas Bowie Lifestyle. We are mm -hmm. celebrating our 20th year this year. Uh, Thomas yeah. Bowie Lifestyle is a full-service, full full-production event production company. We specialize in luxury weddings and events. Um, mm -hmm. So we do weddings mainly across the globe. Uh, so we do full-scale production. We conceptualize everything. We build stuff for the client. And we build every single aspect of the wedding step-by-step. -step. So we are... Uh, pretty much a bespoke company. Nothing is ever the same. We, we work with different vendors that uh, meets the client's style and budget, and then we go from there. Wow. So 
I saw the pictures of um, the great wedding that you did in San Francisco. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, I personally, San Francisco is is one of my most favorite cities in America, and if I had unlimited money, I would live in that city because it's so beautiful. It's true. I love that city, Suzanne. I've always loved San Francisco, and as Tony Bennett says the best, you know, I love my heart in San Francisco, and it's true. The more you go there, the more you realize what a, what a special town it is. You know, it has so much history, so much class, so much style, and everything about it is just very warm and inviting. I love that particular wedding because it was, um, that wedding was a referral from a past client of mine. And when the couple came to me, it was very late. They had not a venue yet. Um, by the time they hired me, we only had five months to plan everything, which is to me, wow. I can do it, but it's a lot, it's a rush, you know. They, mm-hmm. they had just booked a venue, both venues. They wanted a date in September, but it didn't work out because City Hall was available, but the Fairmont was not available. Another date, Fairmont was available, not City Hall. So it took a while to align everything, and when we did align it, they hired us back in February. I met with a couple in March, and the wedding was August 1st. (laughs) So at that point, we were on full steam. We were on full steam going back and forth, designing everything, looking at everything, figuring out who's available to work with, who's not. It was a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but it all came together fast and beautifully. Um, I love that particular, particular wedding because it's my color scheme, very much black and white with touches of gold accents here and there. So very classic, very elegant, very old world San Francisco, mm-hmm. and it was fun from start to finish. So, so they had a lot of great energy. First, they thought they would only have like 120. Ten days before the wedding, somehow the guest list jumped to 180, which is fine, <laughs> which is fine. But that meant that I had to, we had to order more stuff last minute. You know, it's just like everything was just such a rush, and we had to redo the room diagram, add more tables, add more rentals, more everything. And luckily there was room for us to grow, or else we would have been in trouble. Okay. Um. When people hear a city hall wedding, um, so where is the wedding published? Because I just I just saw one picture of it last uh, last night online. It is currently published in Inside Weddings, which is a nationwide international magazine that just hit the newsstand earlier this month in March. So you okay. can find it in any bookstore. It's also online, and it's a okay. PDF too. And there's some I feature some photos here and there, but I wanted to wait for the whole magazine to publish it before I release more photos. So it is on newsstands today. You can find it at any bookstore. You can find it at anywhere in the U.S. You can always sign in Europe, Asia, everywhere around the world. So when we think of a city hall wedding, we think of the wood and the disinfectant smell and the cracking linoleum. But city hall in San Francisco is a popular spot for weddings because the city hall there... I, I don't know the story of whose money came up with it because San Francisco is an incredibly wealthy city. And people, I don't know why people don't know that. But So the city hall there is marble, um, you know, flying buttresses, um, architectural yes. genius. It's like Europe. It feels like you're in oh. Europe. It's very gold, very ornate. So le- 
Less is a lot more in that room. It is amazing. Seriously, it is truly one of the most spectacular public venues to get married and have a reception. Um, like you're, you're right, though. Most people, when they think of City Hall, they think of it as run down. Yeah. You know, it's very run down, very ugly. But this City but, Hall is like no City Hall in the world. I, I'm, I'm very lucky to have worked in there. Uh, you know, it's really an amazing spot to work at. And to, get, to live in San Francisco and not get married in City Hall, to me, it's a shame because it's, it's an icon. It's very iconic. People from all over the world come there to have a ceremony. Um, the, the, the funny thing is that you can, it's open to the public. We've been there during the week, no matter what day of the week, you know, in the afternoon, you can have 20 brides coming in to take photos in their wedding gown. It's amazing. You're like competing for the same spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I went there on a day that was an auspicious day. We thought, oh, what's going on here? Um, but the city hall there is incredible. So tell me, because I think that the marriage ceremony is, you know, is it's more than just two people that have fallen in love and. And, and build a life together, build a family together, build something for the future together. It's much, much more than that. On the spiritual side, your personal views, if you're okay sharing it, what you believe marriage and how the wedding really symbolizes that whole joining together of two people. What is your spiritual insight into that process? I love weddings. I love hearing people's love story, how they got to the point, how they decided that this is the one that they want to be with. I love to hear all that stuff. And once you get to know the client, once you get to know their personal story, their background, it's so much easier to bring out the love for them when you're designing a wedding for them. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is, is how personalized it gets. And to me, it's very special and it's very endearing. When a couple comes to me, they may not have any ideas. They may not have any vision or what they have in mind. But through relating with them and understanding them as a couple and just how they function everyday life, how they live everyday life, that's how you're able to bring up their style so much better than what they can envision for themselves. And that's what we worked hard to strive for. Um, therefore, when we're designing a wedding from start to finish, all my weddings are full service full service for production, start to finish, we design everything. So when we're designing a full service wedding, we bring every single element to the table, whether it's a charger plate, whether it's a dinner plate, each silverware that matches each plate, the chair, you know, a tinge of this color matches the linen, matches the, the paper goods, all of those ties in together so that when, in the end, when you see it all together, it's one cohesive event from start to finish. Whether we're taking their motif from the invitation or their save the date, we carry the same motif, we carry the same monogram throughout the whole day so that we have a cohesive look that does not, that looks finished and polished. So that when, so that when everything's done, it reflects the client's personal style and how they want to live as if it's, in everyday life for them. And wow. to me, when I designed, when I came up with the name Thomas Bowie Lifestyle, I wanted to create something that goes beyond the wedding day. I wanted to reflect their lifestyle, their personal lifestyle, 
It may not be glamorous. It may not be black tie every day. But living well is not having to dress up every day. You know, you can be at home eating on the sofa, but eating off fine china. You don't have to always dress up. It doesn't always have to be candle. But living well is, is part of life, I feel. And so when a client invites me into their home, invites me to work for them, I feel like I like to bring out their personal style so that it's not just for them. It's for all their friends to say and see and other relatives to see this is how the couple really likes to be. And it's not being pretentious. It's not being snooty or gaudy. First, it's just bringing out their personal style, but to a different level. So Does that make sense? Yeah, it's an interesting comment because what you're able to do, because I think you're very intuitive, I think you're very psychic, you see part, you see why the two of them are together, what strengths they bring together, and you make that part of the motif of the wedding day, which later becomes part of their life and their living together. So I think it's an intuitive thing that you bring into your weddings that you can see, oh, he's this kind of person and she's this kind of person, but they meet right here. And then you find that sweet spot, you develop it, you grow it, and you incorporate that into who and what they are and what they become. So now... I think that when we look back at a couple, you know, that's been married since one of your first ones, if we first weddings 20 years ago, if we talk to them, they'll say, you know, he knew this about us before we knew that about ourselves, and we trusted him to bring that into our life. So that, I believe, is your great intuition, psychic ability, and what makes your weddings the full production not just the day of the wedding, but giving these people a life that is something Correct. very different and unique to them. Yes. Yeah, um, and I'm always honored when the clients reflect back years ago and they say, you know, you're the one that started our love story. You're the one that told our love story better than we could have told, you know. To me, I just feel honored that people would say that and still remember me 10, 20 years later when they're still referring me clients or corporate clients to me, I love that feeling that after all these years, I may not talk to them on a regular basis, but when it comes to social events, it comes to celebration, I'm the first person they think about to, to refer me to or, you know, just to hire me over and over again beyond the wedding day. I have a lot of clients that hire me for baby shower and then first mm-hmm. birthdays and then other celebrations in the family. That to me is such an honor. It's not so much the money, it's the fact that, wow, after all these years, my name still comes up, or when they look at a wedding, they, they remember what I did for them. Oh, wow. Do you know what? You're one of the most romantic people in telling that story. You're one of the most romantic people that there is. And um, the great Thank treasure, you. The, the great treasure you give your couples is you, you give them their love story. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's fun. I love hearing how people meet, how they fell in love, how they got to this spot. You know, it's so nice to see that and witness it and then see that on the wedding day that they're truly meant to be together. 
Some, unfortunately, oh. some weddings just don't last these days like they should be. But <laughs> sometimes, like they say, the writing is on the wall. But for the most part, I would have to say 90% of my couples are still together after all these years, which is, wow. which is amazing because so many of them you think should be together forever, but something happens, and then next thing you know, they're divorced, which is shocking. But for the most part, they stick it out, and, I, and they should. They're spending so much money, investing so much of their savings. You know, it just means a lot that people are trying to work it out no matter what. Good. Really, really good. Thomas, will you come and talk on my little podcast again? You have such a big, romantic I would love it, Suzanne. Thank you so much. I'm always oh. honored that you think of me. And just let me know. Just name me the date, the time, and you know I will always be there for you. Because I love weddings. I love talking about romance. I love talking about weddings, flowers, design. I love all of that stuff. I live it. I breathe it. Even through this coronavirus, I'm still working through it. I may not get a, I may not get 100 emails a day, but there's still 10, 20 emails that trickles in, and I'm still answering them no matter what. So the planning never stops, even the world is going through an, a pandemic right now, but the wedding never stops because you're, you're planning for months away. You're not planning for today, you know, tomorrow. Um, yeah. So we, that's how we keep fresh. That's how, we, that's, how we, that's how the clients know that the doors are always open for them. Oh, Thomas, you brought a ray of sunshine into my day and everybody else. You're so kind. I love talking weddings, Suzanne. Seriously, that is my oh. life, you know. That is my life. I love, like you said, I'm a hopeless romantic, and I love talking about it. I love living through it. So I'm just honored that after all these years that, that, that the phone still rings and referrals are still there no matter what. Wow. Well, you've been a great guest. You've really made me feel like bright and alive and energized Aww. in your conversation. So Thank you. I hope it's a great way to end your podcast for today. Oh, it's perfect. It's beyond perfect. Thank you so much. And we'll Thank talk you, again. dear. You have a wonderful day, and give my love oh. to Rich. I will talk to you soon, Suzanne. Take care. All right, Thomas. Thomas, take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. The Deep Psyche Greeting, and you can call me at 714-473-84. Have a great day, and thank you so much. What a great conversation it was today. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic perks. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.